Welcome back to We Need to Talk. I'm Darcy Sterling. Relationships, as you may have noticed, are complicated works in progress. Leaders in my field have been trying to uncover the formula to happy, fulfilling relationships for decades. We understand the importance of attraction, that magnetic pull between people that we call chemistry, but we tend to contrast its importance with compatibility. The clients I work with usually fall into one of two camps. They either view chemistry as a magic ingredient that has to be present for the relationship to have any chance whatsoever, or they bypass the people they feel the most chemistry with, hoping that compatibility will prove to be a more sustainable fuel source. Today, I'm diving into the debate about which is more important, chemistry or compatibility. Can a relationship still be successful if you've only got one without the other? We're going to cover it all. So what exactly is chemistry? Chemistry typically refers to the emotional and physical connection between individuals that creates a sense of attraction and excitement. It feels like an instinctive bond, and it can feel that way with two strangers. It's like you understand each other without needing to explain everything in enormous detail. It feels like there's a natural attunement between you and the other person. You get each other. Some people report feeling like they're able to finish one another's sentences. It's a very, very strong sense that, oh, we're in sync. And this can happen platonically as well. I met a very close friend at a mutual friend's birthday party. And from the moment we said hello, we did not talk to another person in the room. And there was never a pause in the conversation. I think we spoke that night for like four hours straight. And in preparation for this episode, I actually reached out to her and I asked her what it was like for her, which was a little weird for me because I don't know that we ever had actually discussed that I felt instant chemistry with her, and she is just a good friend and always has been, but I did it anyway. And here's what she said. The word that comes to mind the most is magnetism. It's like something enlivens energetically. And I totally felt that with you. I mean, I do whenever we're together. There's like an enlivening kind of energy, a magnetism, a brightening, a sharpening of even intellect or energy or awareness or whatever it is. It's like, it's just like turning up the dial or adjusting the picture to make it like sharp and vibrant. You know, there's like an attraction to that. Also, you being such a good listener too, there was like a sense of really being heard and listening and that kind of like back and forth. Now I can tell you, it can work in the exact opposite direction. I don't know if you've ever met someone and like immediately upon meeting them, it's like for no logical reason whatsoever, you just find yourself completely turned off by them and randomly disliking them. Maybe they even like stir up in you strong feelings of like, ooh, anger, or that definitely happens to people. That is chemistry in the opposite direction. Now, whereas chemistry is that spark that can ignite the beginning of a relationship, Compatibility refers more to similarities between partners that are thought to result in a much easier match, one that's prone to less conflict, less friction, because people are thought to be compatible. 
And I'm going to get into what makes people more compatible in a minute. But first, I want to acknowledge that I have a little beef with compatibility. And here's why. In any relationship, there's going to be conflict. Conflict is a natural part of being in relationships because we're not clones of each other. We come from different worlds. We have different life experiences, which will always result in us having different views, different needs, and different traits. And if you're relying on compatibility to avoid conflict, and here I am, a relationship scientist telling you that conflict is unavoidable in relationships, then over-indexing the importance of compatibility sets people up to expect that they don't have to learn how to navigate around conflict. And I promise you, there is no such thing as a relationship without conflict. And I want you to keep that in mind as we go through this discussion together. Now, let's talk about the things that make people compatible. Here, I'm talking about actual scientific data. I'm not talking about the stuff that the prompts on Hinge are going to ask you. Those are not going to lead to conclusive compatibility among matches. Here they are. Emotional intelligence. Having similar levels of emotional intelligence is very important. It almost doesn't matter where you fall on the spectrum of emotional intelligence. You will be more compatible if you both are at a similar level of emotional intelligence. Attachment styles is another thing that makes people very compatible. When we're thinking about attachment styles, we're thinking about at least one partner having a secure attachment style is going to make that relationship more likely to succeed, and ideally both people. So with attachment styles, there are two different categories. You've got the secure attachment style, which is the ideal way to come out of childhood, and you've got the insecure attachment styles, which include the avoidant attachment style, the anxious attachment style, and the disorganized attachment style. We're not looking for partners with the same insecure attachment style. That is not going to result in a happy, compatible relationship. In fact, you're going to butt up against each other. So again, with attachment styles, we're looking for at least one partner to have a secure attachment style, and ideally both, but one is much better than none and not the same insecure attachment styles. Relationship skills. This is, I cannot over-index this enough. Relationship skills are so important to be at the same level, similar to emotional intelligence, but higher here is going to be better. Just like I would say higher is going to be better with emotional intelligence as well. But the most important thing is that you have similar levels of relationship skills. And here is a rundown of the relationship skills that I'm talking about. So conflict resolution, very important. Knowing how to navigate serious conversations, knowing how to navigate disagreements, knowing how to resolve conflict, knowing how not to escalate conflict, all of that falls into the bucket of conflict resolution. Communication skills, very important that people know how to communicate, both when they're calm and when they're escalated. Knowledge of partner. What that means, and this I want you to know is one of the most important relationship skills you can acquire, is knowing your partner's likes and dislikes and being able to demonstrate that in everyday life by either referencing them in conversations being able to select for your partner. We don't want to get, I don't want to encourage people to feel like they have to be mind readers, but 
paying attention to the details of your partner, paying attention to the specific things that they like and that they don't like, their their favorite music genre, their favorite recording artist, their favorite movie, their favorite book, their favorite author, favorite hobbies, things that they love about their hobbies, things that they don't love about their hobbies. Being able to report this to your partner is going to land on their soul as like little stamps of love. They're going to be so important. That's knowledge of partner. Life skills. And what I'm talking about here is similar values and principles around money, how you want to spend money. Uh, Money is one of the biggest reasons for divorce. It's one of the biggest culprits for divorce, like an incompatibility on how frugal to be or on how generous to be. It's a very big issue. Having a similar work ethic, very important, also under life skills. Having similar levels of honesty, integrity, following through with things. These also are under life skills and they're so important. And having similar time management skills or having made peace with your partner's deficits in their time management skills. But life skills are really important. Self-awareness. So two partners who come together and know themselves well enough to be able to guide one another around things that they like or dislike, that's very important. What sometimes happens, especially when we're dealing with young adults, is that neither one of them knows themselves well enough to really guide their partner around how to please them. So you've got a situation where, if I'm using myself as the example, I'm uncomfortable and I don't know how to communicate to my partner that I'm uncomfortable or what it is about them or what they did that made me uncomfortable or how to make things better. So knowing yourself, having done your own work, which is to say, for most people, that's going to mean going into therapy. Most of us are not going to go on like a Buddhist retreat and be silent for 20 days reflecting on why they are the way they are. So we schedule an appointment with a therapist. They ask us questions that we don't know answers to. And in figuring out those answers, that's how we get to know ourselves. And that is so important in relationships, that we be able to guide one another around things we like and dislike. So that's self-awareness. Sex and romance, really important to know what you like sexually and to be able to express your sexual preferences to your partner. The quantity the amount of sex you want, the type of sex you want, the quality of sex that you're looking for, preferences in seduction, preferences in dating, ways that you express love. These things all fall under the umbrella of sex and romance. And stress management, commitment to your own personal growth, coping mechanisms for moments when you are under stress, having daily behaviors and coping mechanisms that you can use to de-stress on a regular basis. So both partners having those at similar levels, very important. You know, even as I'm talking about this, I'm sure you can imagine that if one person has been doing their own work and they're in a relationship with somebody who is less self-aware, doesn't have coping mechanisms, doesn't know themselves well enough to be able to guide you around their likes and dislikes, around their weaknesses and strengths. I'm sure you can imagine just how tricky that can become in a relationship. We rely on 
each other as guideposts. So these are real important things that we want in common. And here, we're going to move out of relationship skills into shared values. So the dating apps emphasize shared interests. Your interests are going to change over time. They're not going to be the same. I don't care if you like screwing around at the gym right now. If that is something that you do for reasons other than because you truly love physical activity that will fizzle out over time. And if you're in a relationship with somebody who also loves going to the gym, but for them, it taps into the principle of being physically active and really needing physical activity as a regular part of their lifestyle, you guys are going to grow separately. And there's an element of that that's going to happen organically anyway. But the difference between principles and shared interests is shared interests, they change over time. Principles are more like your internal mission statement. A company's mission statement is not going to change over time. My company's mission statement is to deliver the highest end counseling services, tools, and relationship skills that we can. How we do that over time changes. The way we do it today is much different than how we did it 10 years ago. We're really tapped into technology today in the way that we do that. So the core values of what we do as a company have not changed in almost 30 years. The ways in which we deliver those core values do change. Think of shared interests as the ways in which you do the things that are your principles, and they don't change over time. So here are some examples of values and principles. Humor, playfulness, fun, adventure, generosity, fairness, discipline, order, truth, doing the right thing, honesty and integrity, curiosity, appreciation of beauty. Those are all core values. Now, most of my clients, when they come to me, they do not know what their values and principles are. So I send them to a website, which I'll link in the show notes for you, which measures your strengths. This is the VIA Survey of Character Strengths. It's about a 30-minute long quiz. And at the end of it, you're going to get a readout of your top strengths. Your top strengths are your core values and principles. Those are going to be the things that you're going to want to understand about yourself. And anytime I ask, which is every client, I ask every client to take this quiz for me. Anytime I ask them to take it, I always ask, were there any surprises? And the answer is no. They wouldn't have necessarily been able to articulate to me what their strengths were or what their values and principles are. But after seeing the printout of what they are, they're like, oh no, it makes perfect sense. So definitely take that quiz, which again, I'll link to in the show notes below, and then you'll know what your core values are. Last three things that play into compatibility, social values, the lens through which you see the world in terms of your responsibilities versus other people's responsibilities. These are really important. You want to find somebody who has similar social values to you. I will tell you, that is probably the hottest topic, particularly in recent years among the clients that I work with when they're talking about conflict at home, relationship stress, especially during an election year. 
we spend hours talking about differences in social values. So it's really important to know what your social values are and to know the extent to which you can tolerate differences in social values in, in a partner of yours. Similar religions, that's also a part of compatibility, as is political party, which there's a reason why I separated out social values from political party, because political party does not necessarily any longer correlate to personal values. It's more like having a favorite sports team because values on the political spectrum have changed enormously in the last decade. The parties don't look like what they purport to be anymore. One more than the other, but there you go. Now you know my social values. So those are the things that make people compatible, not whether you both love pickleball. That is not going to give you staying power long-term. So clients often ask, how important is compatibility in sustaining a long-term relationship? To which I'll say, if you have really good relationship skills, you can make most relationships work, even if you lack compatibility. It can absolutely bridge the gap where there's incompatibility. In the absence of relationship skills, you need compatibility. But compatibility alone is going to become threadbare over time, especially if you're hoping for a conflict-free relationship because there is no such thing. So I can't say this enough. Compatibility, it's nice to have. Relationship skills is must have. So I took the liberty of crowdsourcing questions on social media on this topic, and I'm so glad I did because some of the questions that I got back really touch on myths about chemistry and compatibility. So here they come. Can strong chemistry compensate for a lack of compatibility? No. Most of us have had that experience where there's just like an electrical current between us and someone else. Think of a car or an engine, like it's a great fuel injector, like it gets things going, but it's not sustainable. So no, chemistry, sadly, can not bridge the gap where there's no compatibility. It won't. And it certainly will not bridge the gap where there's no relationship skills. Next question. How do you approach differences in compatibility, like differences in values, interests, or communication styles in relationships? Compromise, compromise, compromise. Relationships are the Olympics of compromise. And there are going to be differences in compatibility, even if you guys objectively on paper are completely compatible. I promise you, I certainly hope that you'll have original thoughts, original desires, original feelings original goals. And to the extent that your partner doesn't mirror those exactly, that is technically an incompatibility. You have to learn how to compromise. We all have to learn how to compromise. It's all a matter of looking at your partner and maybe even outright asking them, how important is this to you? Zero to 10. Ask yourself the same question. Whoever's number is higher, that's the person that gets accommodated. That's generally how I guide people to do that. You're always going to have to compromise. You're never going to have a relationship that doesn't require that. Next question. Can individuals change over time in a way that increases their chemistry and compatibility? Yes. By developing 
relationship skills. Because what happens when you have relationship skills is that your natural curiosity, which is also a value and a strength, your natural curiosity is going to be increased. It's going to be peaked. It's going to be dialed up when you have relationship skills. Because you're taught, we're taught in relationship skills training that we have to have an open mind. We have to approach our partners with a beginner mind, even if we think we know how they're going to answer their questions. And by the way, there's there's few things that are more annoying than a partner filling in the blanks. That very thing at the beginning that is hot as hell when a new person is like reading your mind and finishing your sentences, that gets so fucking annoying over time. And and there will come a day where you will turn to your partner and be like, can you let me finish my sentence? Because you will be changing over time. And the answer that they have in their back pocket for you, that's from 20 years ago, five years ago, six months ago. So you're going to change over time And that is why it's so important for each of us to give our partners an opportunity to actually finish their thoughts, complete their sentences, and for us to approach them with a beginner's mind the way a stranger would. It's part of the magic of meeting strangers. It's wonderful to meet somebody who doesn't know us like the back of their hand or doesn't think that they know us like the back of their hand. It's really, really important to approach our partners over time with an open mind, which allows for them, gives them the space to update us on how they're growing and changing so that we can become acquainted with their new thoughts, their new desires, their new belief systems. Super important. And what happens when we approach our partners with a clean slate and an open mind, a beginner's mind, a stranger's mind, is that we give them the space to actually reconnect with us in a different way. We give them the ability to develop and update our opinions of them and their opinions of the world. It is so imperative to give our partners space to change, to grow, because when we do that, they become more attracted to us. Nothing is more exciting than having someone listen to you with an open mind and an open heart. And they're really curious and they're really wanting to understand what we're talking about. That's an aphrodisiac. That is the stuff that creates long-term sustainable relationships. So when you have relationship skills, you know how to approach your partner in ways that are going to reignite all of those things at the beginning of the relationship that made you fall in love with your partner, that made your partner fall in love with you, that is how that happens. So yes, chemistry and compatibility can all increase over time. But generally speaking, you don't get change without changing. So without having a huge pattern interrupt like either committing to developing relationship skills or having a life-altering event, your compatibility and your chemistry is very unlikely to change over time. You will hear me say again and again and again that relationship skills are the most important skills you can ever learn. Developing them will enhance every aspect of your life. 
and lacking in them or having poor relationship skills will also impact every part of your life. And with that, my friend, I'll sign off. We Need to Talk with Dr. Darcy Sterling is a Sterling Standard production. This episode was produced by me with editorial support from Vicki Virgolina. Editing and sound engineering by Bart Migal. Our theme music is by Trending Music. Special thanks to Amanda Cristiani, Preston Smith, and Stephanie Sterling. If you found this episode helpful, share it with a friend. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode packed with the relationship and dating hacks you won't get anywhere else. Bye.